Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Tonight, we want to continue with what we've been talking about, and that is just this subject of growing up spiritually. We said that we're purposing to have Wednesday nights as just being an opportunity for us to come together, grow spiritually, grow in our time of worship and our uh, just our interaction with the presence of God on these kind of nights, and then also just purposing to spend some time praying. And so we're going to get there or get back to doing some praying together, um, but there's just some things that just been stirring in my heart and just for that matter just today it just seems like there's just been kind of a heaviness on my heart and I guess just because sometimes when you start to look around at just the where the world is and where life is and where the church is sometimes it just can be overwhelming do you know what I mean by that you know you look at our political systems and uh, the election that's going on and you look at the candidates that we have and you think Dear Jesus, just come now, please. You know, you just think, man, our country is going to hell in a handbasket. Just the policies and the belief systems and just so many things that have been laid to the side that just really made our country so great and made it what it is. And again, it just begins to make your heart heavy because you're thinking, God, the spiritual climate of our country and our church is just diminishing and just as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about just within the last several weeks, probably maybe the last 12 weeks, there's just been a lot of moving and shaking within the church world. Um, probably about 12 weeks ago, and again, I'm not sure exactly how long, but just a few weeks ago, there was a very well-known pastor of a very large church. In fact, average attendance, average weekly attendance was 32,000 people. I mean, can you imagine a church that big? I mean, we've got a church our size, and we've got lots of problems. I can't even imagine the problems. Just, I mean, you'd want to pull your hair out. I was like, dear God, man, 32,000 people, Lord. <laughs> Be like Moses in the wilderness, you know, and Jesse has to come and say, you need help. But uh, 32,000 members in this church. And he just got to a place where uh, alcohol just had a big hold in his life and because there was those that uh, he had given place to correct him in his life and just be accountable to, he didn't want to take heed to any correction. And so as a result, because of having a priority out of balance of just wanting alcohol in his life more than fulfilling the plan of God in his life, his church fired him. And you're thinking, dear God, man, you're a pastor of 32,000 people well, you know the church, church is bigger than that, obviously, if that's the weekly attendance. And then just a couple of weeks ago, another pastor in Missouri, uh, several thousand member church, he got into sin as well. And as a result, his church fired him. And then just a couple of weeks ago, there was another pastor in Oklahoma. Uh, and all these pastors are pastors that we don't know personally, but we know of them and are, have, have been blessed by their ministries. And this particular pastor got into his, in his pulpit just a couple of weeks ago and just said, um, today's my last Sunday. He said, I'm done. 
He said, I'm just tired. He said, I'm tired of doing this. He said, you know, you see me on Sunday morning, and he says, you think this is the gist of what I do? And he says, there's so much that requires of my time and the pressures of ministry from Sunday to Sunday. And he said, and I'm just tired. I can't do it anymore. And he steps down from his church, and again, a church of multiple thousand, thousands of people. And you begin to look at that and just think, God, what's going on? Things are in a bad place. Ministers are struggling. The church is struggling. And then we look at the scripture and the Bible says that in the last days, and I believe it's over in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said this. He said in the last days, he said, even the elect will fall. Even the elect will be deceived. And so he's giving us warning. Here's some telltale signs of things that are going to be shaking in the earth. And some of it's going to be in the local church. And some of it's going to be with leaders within the church. And when you begin to look at that, it really begins to weigh heavy on your heart. Because God needs us. And then just even today, I was talking with somebody. And you just hear of how families are being torn apart. Just the devastations that you feel of being a part of that family and seeing just what you knew coming to an end. And like I said, it just causes you to have a heavy heart. Now, I know for some it'd be real easy to look at these bigger churches and like, well, yeah, you know, you live high on the hog, think you're the big dog. It's about time you come down a couple of notches. And, you know, that's nothing more than just arrogance and pride because you've not been where they were. And so it's real easy to cast stones. But. Again, it's nothing more than pride. Or you might look at somebody else and say, well, you've made some bad decisions in your life, and so you deserve everything that you got coming to you. And so, again, that might be so. But we've got to also look beyond just what we see on the surface. Yeah, people make bad decisions. People get into sin. People have moral failures. People just get tired. And I get that, and I understand that. But you've got to look beyond just the natural man. And that is, is that there's an enemy that is working behind the scenes to tear down the family and tear down the family of God. And if you look at the very first family, you begin to see that that, that's exactly what the enemy did. And he doesn't come in with this parade and fanfare. He doesn't come at us with guns blazing. He comes in very tactfully, very deceitfully, and very subtly and just poses a question. And then based on the response of the question, he says, oh, okay. Well, let me lead you a little bit further this way with a different question. Let me pose a different thought. Let me take you here. Let me lead you there. And before you know it, we see that man, the very first man, got into a place that they never wanted to be. But it was just subtly being led by one deception after the other. And so when we look at ministers, when we look at people, when we look at family, when we look at just the breakdown of stuff that we think... There's no cause and no, there's no reason for that. But there is something working behind the scene. And before we get so ready to judge what they've done, realize that there's temptations that we've all been subject to and given place to in our life. Are you here this morning or evening? You know what I'm talking about? And the reason that I'm talking about that is because when we see all these things going on, what that tells us is that Jesus is coming soon. Man, I can't tell you just how much that stirs in my heart that Jesus is coming. We've got to be ready for it. We've got to be 
aware of the fact that we're living in the last of the last days. And so therefore, we've got to be purposing to be ready. We've got a purpose to, to grow and mature. Because again, there are people that are going to be eternally separated from God. Now, I'm just kind of sharing this with you for just a, a moment. Just kind of giving you a, a, a backstory, if you will. But you know, we talked about our series coming up in October, the end of October, The Walking Dead, and kind of relating that to, to zombies. But did you know that the Bible says that concerning being eternally separated from God, that you are eternally dying, but you will never die? And the Bible says that there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I mean, if there was ever a true example of what a zombie is, that's eternally separated from God. Living in hell. Think of it. Being in fire that consumes you. That consumes your flesh. But you can never die. Can you imagine the grotesqueness of how people look. Eternally separated from God. That's where people are at. That's where people are going. And God needs us to be in a position. In a place where we're growing spiritually. Because that's really what matters in life. In fact if you will turn in your Bibles to. Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 5. We looked at this in Ephesians last week, and it was a very similar portion of Scripture. But in Galatians chapter 5, I want us to look at verse 16. Let me get there, Galatians Chapter 5, verse 16. He says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that you do not do the things that you wish. For if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then in verse 24, it says... And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So we ask ourselves the questions as, why do people get into the stuff that they get into? Why do people struggle with different areas of their life? And why is it, in fact, for that matter... He's speaking to the church, isn't he? When we looked at Ephesians, he was speaking to the church. He was saying, you're living like carnal, unsaved people. Yeah, you're born again, you're going to heaven, but you're living like you're not saved. And right here he says the same thing. He says, I'm talking to you, church. He says, but the reason that you struggle with the lust or the pull of the flesh is because you're really not walking in a spiritual position that you ought to. You're not matured. You're not full of the Spirit. And so therefore if we would walk and live in a way in which we're walking with God. And we're full. And we're uh, walking with God. Those temptations will come. But you won't be so subject to fall to them. 
Does that make sense? I've got a real dear friend of mine that's in the Philippines and, and is doing a tremendous work over there. And he's single. Good looking guy. I mean, I think maybe that's why he's single because he's so good looking and he's so physically buff that it's really, he just, he lives life for himself. And so no woman is really able to live up to the standard, I guess. I don't know. But uh, nevertheless, he's looking for, has been looking for that particular woman that will be Mrs. So-and-so, Mrs. Right for him. And so as he's traveled all over the world and uh, coming to the States, back to the Philippines and just traveling in different areas, you know, traveling by plane, traveling by plane, uh, just different means. He's told me that there's been different times in his, in his life, in the midst of traveling, when he noticed that he was spiritually drained, that that's when the enemy came with temptations. He said, you'll, you'll, you'll never know how many times that when I have been giving and giving and giving spiritually as I've traveled, and now I'm spiritually drained and I'm ready to go back home so that I can get built up spiritually. He said, you'll never understand how difficult it is in all the opportunities and all the propositions that I've been given in the midst of those travels. Where on the plane, the pretty young lady says, the next stop, I've got a hotel room. Why don't you stay with the night with me? And he says, it happens all the time. Well, why? Because the devil knows when you're spiritually weak. He knows when you're spiritually depleted. And therefore, when you're spiritually depleted, that's when you're most vulnerable. Does that make sense? And so, again, we can look at the person and say, well, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't be acting that way. You shouldn't have given yourself to that. But again, it's really telling of where an individual is. is They're simply depleted. They're weak. And so, therefore, that's what God is wanting us to do is to grow up spiritually so that we're not spiritually drained, that we're not spiritually depleted. And therefore, when the enemy comes, then he will come. We're able to resist. You know, when it comes to Jesus, if Jesus was tempted by the devil, what makes you think that you're any different than him? And how did he respond? He responded from a place of spiritual strength. And every time he says, devil, it is written. Here's what the word of God says. And we see in the one particular time in the the garden he tempted him with three different things spirit soul and body and then when he finally couldn't tempt him the bible says that the devil left for a season what's that mean he's coming back so you're spiritually fit jordan you're looking real good well you know what maybe i won't mess with you today but i'll keep an eye on you (laughs) oh he just got into it with the wife he's spiritually drained he's been tired he's not been giving himself to prayer and the word oh yeah i'll come mess with you now We'll see his guards down. Do you see why it's so important for us to be spiritually full? To grow and to develop spiritually. Amen. Are you tracking with me? Amen. And so if we'll allow the enemy to get a foothold in our life, he'll take every opportunity to defeat your life. Now, I said all that not to paint a picture of doom and gloom. But one of the things that I want you to know, the Bible says that the devil's a liar and is the father of them. I said the devil's a liar. 
And so it doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter where you find yourself right now. It doesn't matter how big the mess looks. The devil will always lie to you about it. He'll always tell you it's bigger, it's worse, it's unfixable. He's a liar. And he's the father of lies. There's a minister friend of ours. In fact, he was a Bible instructor. Uh, Reverend Keith Moore pastors a church in Branson, Missouri and in Sarasota, Florida. And he's written several songs. And here's one of the songs that he wrote. He says this. This is the verse of the song. It says, when the devil comes talking so loud and he boasts himself so proud, telling you of all the things that he's going to do to you, you just look him in the face, put that devil back in his place, and you tell him there's no God as big as mine. Come on, your God is a big God. Your God has won the victory for you. And therefore, all we have to do is rest in Him and purpose to follow His lead and will purpose to win the victory in life. Temptations are going to come. Challenges are going to come. Obstacles are going to be there. But you can overcome them. And if you happen to stumble, if you happen to fall, get back up, dust yourself off and keep on running. Because He's right there to help you. Amen? And so why does God need us to grow spiritually? Why does he need us to mature? Why does he need you to be somebody that will begin to take your place in Christ and say, I'm purposing to stop being a spiritual baby and I'm going to grow up. Remember we said last week uh, that a spiritual baby makes their life all about themselves. A spiritual baby, their their realm of, of visibility is very small. And it's all about me. It's all about myself. It's all about I, right? And for that matter, when you think of a little baby in the natural standpoint, when they're getting ready to have a tantrum, when they're getting ready to have a bad day, you can see it a mile away, can't you? Because they start getting the crocodile tears. They get the lip poked out. They start stomping around. They start screaming, whatever it might be. You can see it coming. They're getting ready to have a meltdown and have a tantrum. What's because they're a baby? They cry. That's all that they know to do. But God expects us to grow up. Why? Because he says that when you grow up or are perfected or matured, coming to a place of completion. Now, again, think about that for a moment. If you're growing, maturing, and coming to a place of completion, that means that something comes to an end. So he says, be no more children. So if you were a child and have now come into a place of maturity, that means you come to a place of stop acting like a child. Childish behaviors. Now, there's a couple things that I just haven't grown out of. I still like cartoons, okay? They don't hold that against me. But you know what I'm talking about. There's certain things that you just don't do because you're an adult, right? From a spiritual standpoint, when you grow up and come to a place of completion, Something has to come to an end. But then he says, as you begin to grow and develop spiritually, there's the work of the ministry or God's purpose for your life. But then that purpose helps edify, build, and grow the church. So that means you. You have the ability to influence, grow, and multiply, and build God's church. So how do you do that? You do that by your influence. You do that by becoming a model or an example. So let me ask you this. If people saw you outside of Sunday morning, because I know when you come to church on Sunday, woo, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God, so glad to see you. And 
offering comes by. Hey, I got an envelope. Come on, praise the Lord. And you put on the good face. You put on the smile. You look all churchy. You put the best on to make everybody think everything's cool. But if people were to actually see you outside of church other than a Sunday morning, what would your example or your model be? Paul said this, follow me as I follow Christ. And so outside of you putting on a good show on Sunday morning, can people follow you outside of church? If we're maturing, they can. Right? Because we become examples. Let me give you a couple verses here. A couple verses here. Now, number one, the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. The Bible tells us that God made us in His image and His likeness. One translation says it this way. That He calls us to have the produce and to pattern ourselves after His own kind. So a pattern. There's a pattern. Any ladies in here stitch clothing or make clothing? You know, I don't know that many do that much anymore. I know my mom used to do that years ago. And she would have patterns. And she would lay the pattern out, and based on the pattern, you could reproduce something that you saw in the picture. Because it was a pattern. Well, God said he made us like him, and he made a pattern for us to follow after. So that means we can find out how God is, how he thinks, how he talks, what he wants to do. And based upon how he lives and how he purposes to exist, excuse me, we can find out that pattern and pattern ourselves after him. And start to become like him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. It says this. It says. Pattern after me. Follow my example. And I will imitate. Or as I imitate. Let me read that again. Pattern after me. Follow my example as I imitate and follow Christ. That's Paul speaking. So Paul isn't being arrogant here. He's saying listen. I've learned a couple things. I've got a couple knots on my head. And I can tell you how not to have the knots on your head. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? In fact, Brother Hagin, when we went to Bible college, that's one of the things that he said. He said, I've learned a lot of things through what I've done wrong. Now I can help you to bypass that and never have to experience it in your life. Come on, you've experienced a lot of junk in your life. So use it to help somebody so they don't have to go through it. Amen. And so Paul's saying, listen, I've learned some things. I've learned how to follow after Christ. I've learned how to walk after his example. Now, I can be an example to you. Well, if Paul can say that, then we can say that. Come on, follow me. Can you do that with confidence? Come on, follow me. I know how to get into the presence of God. Follow me. I know how to get the word working in my life. Follow after me because I know how to get God working and and, and use faith to see God show up and do exactly what he said he would in the word. We can be those examples. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Once again, it's from the Amplified. It says, therefore, be imitators of God, copy him and follow his examples as well beloved children imitating their father. Imitating their father. Come on, do you realize that the reason you are the way that you are is because you followed somebody's example? The way that you think, the way that you live, the things that you eat, it was because you followed somebody's example. Are you here tonight? 
I love spinach. You know why I love spinach? I love spinach because my grandfather always told me that's what Popeye eated. He said, Popeye eats that. He said, they make you strong. Oh, man, I ate spinach because Grandpa said that's what Popeye did. And still to this day, I love spinach. Amen? Amen. I love squirt. You know the pop squirt? You know why I love squirt? Because my other grandfather, now my other grandfather, he had these shot glasses for a reason. But he always had these shot glasses that my cousin and I always thought were so cool. And so he had put the shot glasses out there and fill them up with squirt. And we slam shot glasses with squirt in them. And so because of that, I love squirt. And it was because of an influence of following after grandpa. Amen? Once again, we've got mentors in our lives that have shaped us and molded us into what we are today. And therefore, spiritually speaking, you followed after somebody to get to this place. Somebody's going to be following you. They're either going to follow you in the ditch or they're going to follow you into the presence of God. Hebrews chapter 13 says, Remember those who rule over you, speaking about spiritual leaders. He says, imitate their faith. Now remember I just said to you that there's been several Christian leaders that have just fallen lately. He didn't say pattern their lifestyle, follow after their habits. He said, imitate their faith. Imitate their faith. There was Brother Hagin, he spoke of a, I can't remember the man's name. But he talked about him and he said, Concerning this man, he says he's off a little doctrinally. He says you can't follow his doctrine, but you can follow his faith. And he was a man that got miracles happening all the time in his ministry. Well, man, if, if God's doing miracles and you've got the faith for miracles, let me, let me learn a little bit about your faith. Because it seems as though you're getting results in your life. Does that make sense? Then say follow after bad habits. Ephesians chapter 4, he says perfecting, building, growing your faith. Imitating is a tool in which God gave us to grow. Kids are a mirror image of their parents, right? And so once again, it is a powerful tool for us to help people grow up. But we've got to learn how to grow up spiritually so that we can set the pattern and the example. Amen. You know, talk about just your kids do what you do. This was three nights ago. I, I was tucking in my son. And as I'm tucking in, we're just talking. And for whatever reason, he just started smiling and being cute. And you know how your kids can do that. You know, just for whatever reason, in that moment, they're just cuter than a button. And so he's looking at me, big old grin on his face. And it started to make me laugh. And literally like a belly laugh because I was just tickled by the way he looked. Well, then as I started laughing, he started laughing. And then when he started laughing, I started cracking up even more. And then the more I started laughing, the more he kept laughing. And we kept laughing for the longest time. And finally, when I got my composure, I said, what are you laughing at? He said, because you're laughing. (laughs) And so once again, everything in what we do becomes a pattern. Moms and dads, you become a pattern as to what your children will become when it comes to their walk with God. 
This is really sobering. Because I want my kids to know God better than I know God. But then I ask myself the question. Even though I'm a pastor, do I really take the time to be a Christian father? You know what I mean by that? Because they can know all the routine of church. But I can still have kids that are ungodly in my home. Because I don't train them. I don't teach them. And so that's my responsibility. And I just saw this morning on Facebook, uh, Pastor Mark, he had put a post on Facebook. Some of you may have seen this. He said, can I tell you a story about my granddaughter? His granddaughter is 11 years old. She goes to school. And she goes to school with the intent to teach a Bible study. So she goes to school and she has her Bible and she gets, I think it was four of her little friends there. Mind you, 11 years old. She begins to teach them. I can't remember what he said the topic was. But she begins to teach them in this little Bible study. And then the subject of being filled with the Holy Spirit came up. And so 11-year-old little girl starts to teach these other little girls about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the one girl says, well, can I do that? And she says, well, I'll pray for you right now and you'll be filled. Laid hands on her, prayed for her, and the girl got filled with the Spirit right there. And got full of joy, yeah. Got hit with the joy of the Lord. Now, again, if you ever question whether or not, well, is it God or not? 11-year-old girl got filled with the Spirit and another girl led her that way or, or prayed for her. Come on. How many of your kids are doing that? Or mine doing that? I'm talking about being a pattern. Amen? Another story I can remember. Uh, anybody remember, uh, what's his, uh, R.W. Shambach? Anybody remember him? Remember old Shambach? I think he's still alive. Is he still alive? Do you know? He was just a wildfire spitting preacher. He would have tent revivals. I mean, just a wild man. Well, he was in a service one day, and he was ministering to the sick, praying for them. And then he began to pray for uh, handkerchiefs at the end of the service. And if you remember, Paul talked about the aprons and the handkerchiefs. And they went and they laid them on people, and people got uh, well or they were made, made whole. And so he laid hands on these handkerchiefs and prayed for them, released the anointing. And he says, now, if you have somebody that's sick, he says, take one of these handkerchiefs, go pray for them, and they'll get well. And so this little boy, nine years old, went into the hospital after getting one of those little handkerchiefs, went into the hospital and started praying for people. And the people that he started praying for started getting up out of the bed. And because they were all starting to get healthy and whole as a result of this nine-year-old boy praying for them, he, it created such a commotion that the hospital came in and they actually called the police and they arrested this little boy. Took him to jail. Well, so this little nine-year-old boy had a court case or a court hearing before the judge. And parents took him in with the little boy and he says, uh, can you tell me why this little boy is here? And they had the little boy come up and testify. And the little boy says, well, I went to the service and they prayed over the handkerchiefs and says, take some, take this handkerchief and begin to pray for people and they'll be made well. And he said, so I went to the hospital and I took the handkerchief and I just began to pray for people and they all started getting well. And the, the judge says, where can I get one of those handkerchiefs? I'm talking about being a pattern and being an example and growing up. What are we patterning? What are we being the model of? What are we being the example of? But we've got to be willing to grow. We've got to be willing to be used by God. Amen? So my question for you is, 
What has God been talking to you about? Because your next step of growing up spiritually is responding to what God last talked to you about. See, you find yourself right here in this time in your life and you're saying, okay, God, it's five years later. Now I'm ready to talk to you at this point in my life five years later after the last time you talked to me and thinking that because it's only five years later, we're going to pick up right from here and move forward. But God says the last thing that I talked to you about was five years ago and you haven't done that yet. So what's the last thing that he talked to you about? Maybe it was just a matter of you need to be a person of prayer. Maybe it was you need to read a book. What's he told you to do? Now, as I've been meditating on this today, the Lord brought this back to my remembrance, and I'm almost reluctant to share it with you. But as I was driving into church today, the Lord brought this to my attention or reminded me that it was in my wallet. And I've had this in my wallet for quite some time. And I really didn't realize how long it was until I saw the date on it. And there's been times that I've came across this in my wallet knowing what it was. But I didn't want to open it back up because I knew how I'd. How I didn't follow through with what I told God I would do. And so as I was driving in. This piece of paper that I had folded up in my wallet came to mind and so I just want to read it to you because all of us are in the same place and God's stretching us God's wanting us to grow because people matter so let me read this to you if I can and hopefully I can read it to you without crying This was a time when I was like, God, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I just want to move forward and do what you've called me to do. And so it says, I, Tony Umber, on this day. January 22nd of 2006. Come into covenant with God and agree to make priority my personal relationship with him. I commit to pay the price. To build his church. Not naturally but spiritually. Not externally but internally. I will give myself to the word and prayer. Before everything. I will also give myself. To bodily exercise. To further run my race. I will devote. I will devote the first part of my day. To exercise and study. This flesh will rise at 6 a.m. To begin or earlier, earlier depending on my schedule. Holy Spirit, help me or help me keep my vow. Let me see the fruits of my labors. You said that you would build the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Sincerely your son, Tony L. Umber. And I share that with you because... What's God been talking to you about? What have you not committed to and what have you not followed through with? Because it's all about growing up spiritually. Because in our model and our example, we help take people to a place of knowing Him. 
Are there going to be things that seem to fall apart around us? Sure. Are there going to continue to be people that are hurting around us? Absolutely. But that's why we're here. And so I just want us to purpose to pursue God with a passion. And again, continue to take inventory of what is priority in our life. Because it's so easy to get distracted by things and particular kinds of goals and running after this and after that. But God just wants us to pursue Him and make our life about Him. And when we do that, everything else begins to line up. When we begin to be people about His business, He'll take care of your business. Amen? Can we stand? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity just to begin to stir our hearts. God, we're, on our, we're all on our personal journey of growing in our relationship with you. Picking up the pieces where they lay. But God, not carrying the burden of the past nor the future. For God, we so desperately desire to be in over our heads with you. And so God, we purpose to cast our cares on you. All the things that seem as though they have loose ends. Things that seem as though they're being pulled from our grasp. God, we just commit our lives to you. Knowing that everything is going to come in line. Everything is going to be okay. And everything will begin to line itself up to give you glory. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.